Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Well, what do we have going on today? Oh, well, it's a gorgeous day. Just hit 70 degrees here. Get out, play around a golf, relax. Well, okay, there, there is something going on. Of course, Wisconsinites are going to the polls. We will be talking a lot about the election. But first, let me give you a, a non-election piece of good news, which does prove occasionally that you can fight City Hall. Can't do it often, but every once in a while, the good guys end up winning. I sent a note about this out. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 It is something that I, I admit that I've been focused on because as as local decisions go, this was one of the most staggeringly stupid decisions that I have seen a, a local government aid body make. You, you really, I think, have to go back to the Milwaukee County pension scandal 20 years ago to find something that was, frankly, this stupid. And it does show that that sometimes, again, you can you can get things changed. If you have not heard, Eric Bilstadt mentioned this briefly, Strauss Brands, which is a meatpacking entity agency um, company, they, they operate in Franklin. Right now, they've got a facility that operates in Franklin. It's about a 41,000-square-foot facility. Now, you might remember the saga of, of Strauss Brands. It's it's a meatpacking facility. If you go down to where Strauss Brands is now, you, you won't be able to tell that it's a meatpacking facility. You, you can't differentiate, differentiate that from any other industrial operation. It's not like the movie, the book, like the, the Jungle, you know, by Upton Sinclair. It, it's a modern facility. There aren't smells. There aren't problems with this. Okay, Strauss Brands is looking to expand. They need to pretty much triple the size of their facility to project for growth. And, and by the way, the, the jobs, if you, you work at Strauss Brands, you, you have good paying jobs. I mean, the average job is going to be around 50 grand or so. Well, if you will remember the saga of Strauss Brands, they were originally going to leave Franklin and locate down in Milwaukee. This was one of the big gets for the Barrett administration. Strauss Brands was going to build its new facility in that Century City, which is like the old which is like the old AMC and Tower Automotive stuff. It, it's on Capitol Drive, what about 30th, or maybe a little bit further west than that. And this was this, this renovated area, and the city of Milwaukee was hoping to bring you know, industrial concerns there to provide jobs for the neighborhood, etc. This was going to be a get, big get because they estimated that Strauss was going to bring a couple hundred jobs with them, good paying jobs, which is precisely what that neighborhood needs. So everybody was doing cartwheels about this until the local alderman gets together with some neighbors without anybody checking out what Strauss is all about. Plus, you add in a number of people not from Milwaukee who just don't like meat. We don't think we should have meat packing plants, etc. And, and ultimately, they start objecting to it. And Strauss Brand says, okay, you don't want us, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll pull out. And, of course, the big loser was the city of Milwaukee. So they're back in Franklin. They still need the expansion. So they make arrangements. They are going to move. They want to move to a different facility still in Franklin and larger, providing jobs, contributing to the 
the tax base, all those types of things. And about two weeks ago, in a vote of four to two by members of the Common Council, they, they said, no, we're not going to give Strauss the permits it needs to expand. Now, this stunned a, a lot of people because, uh, again, Strauss is a really, really good company. I mean, this isn't a problem company at all. And like I say, if you take the time to drive down to the facility now, you would not know it's a slaughterhouse. It could be a box company. It could be anything. You would not know this. And their new state-of-the-art facility isn't going to be any different. So when when Franklin did this, and, and what happened is you had four members of the Common Council who candidly caved into a vocal Minority. Oh, we hate this. It's going to cause all the problems. You know, the typical NIMBYs who were supplemented by a lot of people who don't live in Franklin, who once again don't like meatpacking facilities. They don't think people should be eating meat. Okay, fine. You don't think people should be eating meat? Don't eat meat. But the truth of the matter is lots of the rest of us are going to do that. So you need to have these processing facilities. So anyhow, the, the thing gets shot down by a four to two vote. Well, after that, the business community really starts to step up. And all these members of these businesses start to put pressure on the members of the Common Council, at least the four who voted against this, saying, what are you doing? What sort of message are you sending to the community? And last night, um, the, what happened is the Common Council took this up again, and one of the four who had originally voted against this, one of the four aldermen or women, her name is Sherry Hanneman, she changed her vote. And in a motion to reconsider this, and she said, look, I'm changing my vote because, um, you know, what what happened is I, I got confused. I was sort of intimidated. Um, I heard from a lot of my constituents that we had made the wrong decision, which does prove that every once in a while, you know, public opinion does matter. And clearly what happened in Franklin was you had the loudest voices, this small minority of people who, who showed up and screamed, and they ended up influencing the initial vote. Well, once the word got out, all right, then I think what I would describe as the majority of people, maybe the silent majority, got back on board. So what happened is this one older woman, she changed her vote. The other three guys on the Common Council, the other three members, they didn't. But it was three to three, and the mayor of Franklin then got to cast the deciding vote. He voted in favor of Strauss Brands. So the bottom line of this is the permit's been issued. Strauss Brands will stay in Franklin. The jobs will stay in Franklin, and the community will benefit. And I guess the only indicator are this shows that when people recognize that you've got public agencies or public boards or elected officials who aren't doing what should happen, who aren't, who are being swayed, again, by that loud vocal minority. And that's what this was, including lots of people who don't even live in Franklin. You can get it wrong. So credit, I guess, to the one older woman, Sherry Hanneman, who got it wrong a couple weeks ago when she voted against Strauss. At least she had the guts to acknowledge that she had made the wrong vote, changed her vote, Mayor cast the deciding vote, all's well that ends well. And in the space of a couple of weeks, uh, Franklin elected officials reverse, just by one vote, but they do reverse one of the most staggeringly stupid decisions made by a local board in a long, long time. That is good news. When we come back, what's going on today? Oh, yeah, we're electing a president. We'll discuss. Stick around. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. As I have said before, as I have said before, I I think it's going to be an an uphill battle in Wisconsin for President Trump. I I, I believe that that's, that's just the case. I will say this. Um, if you look at some of the numbers that are out there, it appears to me that in heavily Democratic areas, even with the, the mail-in vote, Democrats are underperforming what they, what they expected. In addition, um, given the fact that the, at least all the thinking is that Republicans are going to be more likely to turn out and vote in person, I think perhaps helped by the, the weather, that, that's out there. You, there's really no excuse for not going out and voting. What we are starting to see is lots and lots of heavy turnouts in predominantly Republican areas. And if you go through the assumption that, okay, the early voting, the absentee voting will tend to swing Democrat, and then it's the Republicans that vote in person, I think there are some encouraging signs. And again, it's, it's all kind of anecdotal, you know, what people are, are seeing. But the reports that we're getting from around at least southeastern Wisconsin is heavy in-person turnout, particularly in a number of Republican-leaning areas. Now, what what does that mean? Again, you, you got to be careful with this because it's like oh, we always talk about yard signs and people say, well, this candidate's going to win or that candidate's going to win because I drove through this neighborhood and I saw all these different yard signs. Well, okay, unless you drive through the whole state of Wisconsin and really take account on yard signs, you're, you're not going to know. Just what happens in your individual neighborhood or, or your particular community isn't necessarily an indicator of what's going on. And similarly, you have to be careful when you're talking about turnout. Just because there's long lines where you are doesn't necessarily mean there's long lines everywhere. But I will say this, anecdotally, a lot of the reports that are out there are heavy turnout and heavy turnout in Republican-leaning areas. So let's open up the phone lines. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here is my question. If you have been out to vote today or you've been driving around the area, what are you seeing? Is is there a huge walk-up turnout, or has everybody that was going to vote, have, have they already voted? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk reports from the field. Now, I, I voted uh, the first day early in-person absentee voting allowed you to do it. I, I voted, so I didn't go to the polls today. My wife has been out and about driving around doing different errands. She's been calling in saying, oh, big lines out here, big lines there. All right, what are you seeing in your area? Does it look like there is going to be a large turnout? Or like I say, has everybody that was there to vote, have, have they pretty much already voted? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gru is lining up the calls we discuss in a moment. Back to take your calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, what are you seeing about in-person turnout? Some of the predictions were huge early voting, huge absentee voting turnout, which would be conventional wisdom, thinking that would be good for Joe Biden. Um, a lot of the reports that are coming in is in Republican areas. Republicans, at least a lot of people, are turning out 
at the polls in person. Uh, before we go to the calls, just a couple of texts. Jeff, my significant other voted around 10 in Pound, Wisconsin, in Marinette County. He was 306 in a town with a population of 652. I am voting later. I'm on my way home. Um, Jeff, I voted in Watertown this morning, arrived at 720, took 20 minutes to vote. This is the longest I have ever waited to vote in Watertown. Jeff, I just voted in Muskego, stood in line almost one hour, and everyone was talking Trump. Um, Jeff, um, 7 a.m., one hour wait in West Alice. Um, okay, that's, let's see, uh, Jeff, my husband and I voted in the city of Delafield at 7.30 this morning. It took us about 40 minutes, which is the longest line, the well, longest I've ever waited to vote. I hope it's a good sign for Trump. I mean, Delafield, you would figure, these are Republican areas. There, there's no question about it. And if you do have this huge in-person turnout, that I think that would be a positive sort of sign. Jeff, there was an unbelievable line in Pewaukee, one and a half to two hour wait right now. Huh. That's interesting. I'm looking at the Journal Sentinel's website. They've got a picture up in, in Brookfield saying, oh, there's no wait in, in Brookfield at, at all. It is interesting. It sounds like they found one of the very few communities where there's no wait, and they decided to put a picture of that up. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeff, I just voted in Elm Grove. That would be Brookfield. There was no one in front of me and no one behind me right at noon. Jeff, um, so far, the turnout in Random Lake in Sheboygan County is roughly 50%. At noon, I was the 435th person to to vote in person. Overall total vote number was 763. Random Lake has a population of just over 1,500. So that's all, that would be, do my math quick, you know, that's slightly more than 50% already turning out. Um, so, I mean, people are coming out. There's no question about it. All right, what are you seeing? Let's start with Paul in East Troy. Paul, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, I've been working the polls all morning, actually, and just getting lunch here. But in the town of East Troy, there's about a voter registration of about 3,000. There is over 1,700 absentee ballots returned, which means leaves about 1,300 that still have to come and vote. And it's been steady, long lines all morning. Right. You know, it went from maybe 20 minutes to down to 10 minutes, but there's been a solid line all morning. And I feel I feel like that's a pretty telling uh indicator might get near 100 percent turnout well well isn't isn't that amazing you know that the state record for turnout in a presidential election is 73 percent statewide i i think you know however this turns out paul i i think we're going to bust that record i i think that record's going to just be obliterated by the end of the day Yeah. No, thanks for call. Okay. People just want their voice to be heard. Well, exactly. Th- thanks for the call. And that's, I mean, that is, that is one of the dynamics that, that's out there. And if you, if you are looking, if you are a Trump supporter and you're looking for encouragement, that, that would be it. I mean, it's, it's 65, it's 70 degrees outside. You know, the weather is not an excuse to keep people away from the polls. And at least in heavily Republican districts, I think as a general rule, you're starting to see a, a big turnout. Again, you got to be careful with that because it's all anecdotal. You know, we don't we don't know what's going on in, in La Crosse. You don't know what the turnout looks like in, in Dane County. You don't know what the turnout looks like, for example, in the city of Milwaukee. You had a lot of people that returned their, their ballots beforehand. All right, let's talk to uh, Maria in Franklin. Maria, you're on WTMJ. Hey there, Jeff. I'm in like the southwest corner of Franklin, and I walked in and walked out. It was 
there was no line at all, but there were plenty of people there. We vote in a big gymnasium, and so there's probably uh, 20 to 30 people at the time that were voting, but divided up between all the wards in our right. in our um, in our area, uh, there were no lines. People were walking out, voting, walking out. I think a lot of people voted early, either in person or uh, absentee. Um, I do remember in 2016 um, standing in line for about 40, 45 minutes. Um, And so I think a lot of people in our area figured out, hey, we can just go to City Hall and vote and get it over with ahead of time. So I think I think that's, you know, Maria, let me ask you this. Why did you. Okay, so so last time, four years ago, you had to wait in line for a long time. Why didn't you vote early this time? Why did you decide to show up today and vote? Well, because I'm kind of old school, and I think I should be voting on Election Day. So um, that's really what it comes down to for myself. Uh But um, I have elderly parents, and they definitely voted early, and I encourage them to. And um, so I am totally not against that. But just for myself, it's it's just that, you know, I I want to wait. And no, th- vote on the day if I can. No, thanks. No, I, I I understand that. I mean, I've said this before. I know it sounds kind of corny, but I love election days. If you can't tell, I, I just I think you know I, I prefer it when my candidates win. But I, I love election days because it is so quintessentially American. We we get together. I I typically vote in person on election day but as a matter of fact this year my, my wife really wanted to do that but we voted early and it's because i'm sitting there thinking well I, i've got to work you know it, it's a it's a big day when you do what i do for a living all sorts of stuff going on you don't know what the weather's going to look like because you've got the pandemic you know you're not going to be able where i vote it's it's a relatively small area i'm sitting there thinking i don't want to be waiting in line in the rain for an hour and a half now it didn't turn out that way so so we voted early but i I'm with you, Maria. I love going there. You mark the ballot. You walk up. You put it in the machine, and all of a sudden, it, it just registers. I think that is so cool. All right, we're going to pick it up right there. 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What are you seeing? It's a report from the front. What are you seeing at your polling places? What is in-person turnout? I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to exceed expectations. We continue the conversation. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mary emails me, Jeff, I vote at Nathan Hale High School in West Dallas. I voted there for over 22 years. I didn't know what to expect. When I got to the polling place at 930, there was a line that wrapped partway around the school. I heard from others that the line had been even longer at 730. When I left at 1045, the line was a little longer than when I arrived. I didn't think over an hour was too bad. Um, However, I have never had to wait like this. 855-616-1620. It is Again, it's interesting to me because how long you wait really does kind of depend on on the areas. There, there's some areas around here where I get the idea that there's there's no lines at all, and there's other places where the turnout is just in, incredibly heavy. Let's talk to Judy in Milwaukee. Hi, Judy. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Um, I voted at noon. And I, you get the slip. I was number ninety nine. Um, there was maybe two or three other people in there. I just walked in, got my ballot, voted, and left. Where, where do you vote, Judy? 
uh, 53rd Street School on the north side. Okay, so you're you're in that's the city of Milwaukee proper, right? Right. Okay, got it. So not not a lot of not huge in person turnout in the city of Milwaukee, at least when you were there. Right. Well, like I said, I was number ninety nine. Right. Um, and there was what they started at seven, so that's yeah. But yeah, that, ninety nine and five hours. <laughs> yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not a huge. I that's not. A, thanks for your call. No, that's not a huge in person turnout. Again, you you have to be careful with anecdotal reports. But I again, I bring this up because the conventional wisdom. I can't say this enough. Is that you know Democrat voters tend to be more likely to vote early. Republican voters tend to be more likely to show up and vote in person. And, and there, there's always a danger to that because, you know, on Election Day, who knows what can happen? The weather can be bad. We don't have that going on today. People can get discouraged if they show up at a polling place and the line is an hour and a half long and you got, I got to get to work. I don't, I don't have an hour and a half to stand there. But, but at least today, it seems like from the reports we're getting from the field, that anecdotally that theory is is holding up. Now, keep in mind, there's a huge number of, of absentee ballots that were returned. I mean, I think we're going to be ultimately looking at somewhere just short of 2 million, and this is out of 3.8 million possible voters in the state. Turnout is going to be huge. John in Wauwatosa. Yeah. John, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. So, hi. Although I did vote early this year because my daughter had to register to vote, and since she did that, I voted at that time. Right. And that was in Wauwatosa. But today, I went by where I normally vote a couple times, which is the PO Center. It's like on 92nd and Grand Tosa in okay. Wauwatosa. Sure. There were not that many people there. Okay. In fact, I drove by there a couple times because I was curious. Right. And that is less than... Four years ago, when I voted in mm-hmm. person, there was there was a line. It wasn't too bad, but there was a line. Yeah, interesting. Interesting thing. And again, I don't know what I don't know what this necessarily means, other than that's an area that uh, I, I guess I'm I'm trying to think of what the makeup would be one way or the other. I tell you, my my, my wife was driving around where, where we vote in Ozaki County. She drove by and said that we voted early, but she said, "Yeah, not, not too much of a line there." But she was meeting a friend of hers in in Cedarburg, and she called me back and said, "Well, right here in Cedarburg, there's a line all the way down the street and around." the courthouse and it's just it's just huge so even i don't know even from you know even in in the same county from you know one polling place to another it it, apparently there's there's a big difference anthony in eagle anthony you're on wtmj good afternoon hi jeff um so i just i just went and voted at about 11 45 in eagle and yeah it was about five minutes in and yeah took me about five minutes. I was in and out. Um, but from what I heard earlier this morning, um, at about 7 o'clock, I guess there was a line going out of the building, and it sounded like a lot of people went in and voted earlier this morning. Right, on their way into work people. or something. Yeah. Um, what Do you know? Right. Do you remember what number you were? I think it was like 511-ish. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds like a pretty good turnout. That that sounds like a pretty good turnout. Sound like that. Yeah. Exactly. No, thanks for the call. And I, you know, that's, that, that's the thing. And again, it's also, let me just, just throw in this note here. When you're watching election results tonight, you have to be very careful. I, I cannot preach this enough. 
when, when you're looking at numbers, it is very, very important not just to look at the raw numbers, but you have to know where the numbers are coming from. And, and one of the things that's going to be a, a little bit difficult tonight for election watchers is typically the in-person voting, the in-person votes get counted first, and, and then then they start counting the absentee votes. So it is entirely possible for example, that, you know, you could have, it is entirely possible that at, at 11 o'clock tonight, President Trump could have a big lead in Wisconsin with in-person votes if the theory that Republicans tend to vote in person holds out. And, and then all of a sudden that, that lead gets whittled away once they start putting in all the absentee votes from Dane County or from Milwaukee County or whatever. I, I'm just saying you have to be really careful because it, it's not just looking at the percentage of who's ahead or who's behind. Now, you always want to be ahead if you're the candidate, but it's also where are the where are the votes coming from and where are the outstanding votes, the, is the ones that haven't been counted yet. All right, let's talk to Jack downtown. Jack, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how's it going? Real well, thank you, sir. What are you seeing? Uh, I was just by the 841 on Broadway building, the municipal building, right, sure. and there there's five poll workers standing outside helping people uh i should say not helping people because there's nobody in line really so no very limited turnout huh interesting yeah you can see you can see through the glass windows that the voting booths are empty there's like a handful of people in there and this is 1244 you know Hmm. in downtown milwaukee this would be prime time for i mean there's not many people down here but this would be the time to go vote Right. Well, you would you would anticipate. Now, my my guess is in the April election um, at, at the downtown municipal building, you would have probably had lines. This is my guess, but you would probably had this time of day. You would have had lines all around the block from people waiting to vote. And not you're not seeing that at all, huh? No, not at all. Huh. Interesting. Okay, thanks. For now, now, again, just just on its surface, that would suggest that the the get out the vote election day turnout in what would be a heavily democratic area it isn't isn't that great now again it, it's it's one polling place but it's a downtown polling place i mean i've been watching some tv coverage and there there, there don't appear to be lines and by the way that that's a good thing i mean you don't want people to get discouraged at, at all and you don't want people to have to wait an hour or two but one of the anecdotal things to look at is again who's Who's showing up? What are the areas? Because there are areas where there's heavy in-person turnout, and there's other areas where there, there's not. Chuck on the south side. Chuck, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Uh, I just voted. I just got done voting on the south side of Milwaukee. And when I walked in, I walked at the school I go to, and there's absolutely nobody there. I was at number 239. I talked to the guy. And I said, wow, how many people usually come here? He said, you got 1,700 people that are supposed to show up. He said he had early voting county, not counted. Okay. Um, it's, well, interesting. Again, so again, it's it, thanks for calling. I mean, now, now there, there's, there, there's two things you have to figure. It, it's like, okay, are, are the reasons in some of these areas why there aren't lines and there aren't people turning out, is it because everybody's already voted? And and again, so it doesn't make any difference. You don't have to turn out. And a lot of people voted. I mean, really, like I say, it's going to be about 1.9 million, I think, were the last numbers I saw. So it, it's going to be it's going to be a huge turnout um, for that, that early voting. And at the same time, there's been huge turnouts. Um, I, I think what you're seeing is... I. 
I'm told anecdotally, I think Republicans are sli- were slightly outperforming certain expectations with the early voting. But there's nevertheless, they're, they're Republican voters are, are the Republican. The early votes are going to be overwhelmingly Democrats. So what's got to happen is. If Wisconsin is going to go for President Trump once again, what's got to happen is there's got to be a huge turnout, at least in my opinion, of of in-person voters across the, the board. And that that's what's going to be one of the areas to watch. Okay, Brenda in Milwaukee. Brenda, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Brenda. Um, I went this morning about 9.30 to Goodrich Elementary School which is on the far northwest side. Okay. And there was about maybe eight people standing outside. So I quick parked and I went up, and the poll workers were outside. They asked me what ward I was, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. So they looked up my name on a tablet, and I was Ward 1, or am Ward 1. So they directed me right inside, and I'm passing all these people that were in line inside. And then I went to the table, showed them my ID, got my ballot, boom, voted, I was done. Okay, so it was pretty easy. <laughs> so these locations must have more than one ward. That's why there was people in line from a different ward. Right. Yeah. I mean, mine. no, that's. I mean, thanks. Well, it 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 varies, but but yes, I mean, it it varies. For example, in the community where I live, it's you know, depending on where you live in the city, dictates where it is that that you vote. And like where I lived in Whitefish Bay, that was it too. There were there were multiple wards that voted at the different places. But you know, it, it, again, it, it varies. Bottom line is, um, and, and that's kind of the reason I, I bring this up. I think sometimes people look at the polls and they think something is is going to happen. Oh, I saw this poll and my candidate is way ahead. Um, I, I don't need to go out and vote. Or I saw these polls and my candidate is way behind. I don't need to vote. Don't don't trust that. Look, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that hates on the polls like some people do. But at the same time, they, they do sometimes become self-fulfilling prophecies. Bottom line is, I think this is going to be a very close election. As I said yesterday, I think a lot of Republican voters are coming home and I, I think you're going to see, to the extent that Joe Biden might be leading, I think you're going to see that narrowing. And again, there is a degree of support for President Trump that I think is difficult, that I don't think the polls are picking up. It's the people that are willing to stand in line for an hour and a half to cast a vote for him. Now, is that going to ultimately be enough to overcome you know, all the ballots that are coming in in Madison and the city of Milwaukee? I, I don't know. But Everything you're starting to see anecdotally tells me that this race is going to be closer than I think some people would have thought. And, I mean, candidly, things are breaking right for the president. You've got, I mean, great weather. So it's, it's look, if, if we were talking about 25 degrees and, and rain or snow, it's tougher to expect people to stand in line and wait for an hour and a half. 70 degrees, it's a different sort of environment. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Let's go through a couple texts. Obviously, our text line is exploding. Jeff, when do you think we will know the results of the presidential election? Okay, um, I, the answer is it it, it depends. Um, if if for example, Joe Bi- if if for example Florida goes for Biden and they're, they're able to make that call early 
well, I, I think you're going to get an indicator of what's going on. If if Georgia, another state that, that closed the polls, closed early, if Georgia were to go for Biden, I don't think it's going to. But if it were, that would be an indicator. Um, I, I guess that that's that's kind of it. You have to look at a couple of the early states. I mean, Pennsylvania, I doubt that you're going to know the results for for quite a while. Michigan, probably the same thing. Wisconsin, it's tough for me to get a handle on it. Um, I I don't think we're going to know the results by by midnight tonight. I think you're going to have to wait and see, you know, where some of these votes come in. But I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a longer night than some people think. But if some of these early states, for example, like a state like Florida, if that were to be called early on for Joe Biden, that probably tells you it's going to be a long night for President Trump. Um, let's see, Jeff, why aren't all municipalities in the state of Wisconsin counting their absentee votes right along at the time that the polls are open? We're doing that in the village of Waukesha, and I know because I'm working on the project now, we have to do that because out of 6,800 people that are registered to vote, 4,600 voted absentee. Yeah, that's – and it just – it depends on – you know, how many people, you know, a, a particular area has, but they weren't allowed to start counting early votes before the polls opened. Now they, they are. And it seems to me if you've got the resources, the thing that makes the most sense is you start the process and you're doing it during the day. So you don't wait. OK, now the polls are closed. Let's go try to figure out how to count 50,000 um, ballots. Um, Jeff, I work at uh, I voted at 10 a.m. at Lydell School in Whitefish Bay. I was number seven. Poll workers were scanning in absentee ballots between in-person voters um, scanning in their ballots. Yeah, that's from uh, Joan. That's and, and that's the way it that's the way it should be. I mean, just you know, keep feeding those machines. Jeff, I just voted in the village of Bayside. I was in and out within five minutes, but I did hear there was a line of about twenty-five people at six thirty this morning waiting to vote. Um, yeah, kind of an interesting thing. Jeff, in Muskego, they were feeding in the early votes when I voted at 9 a.m. Again, that's something that makes sense. Get them counted as quickly as possible. Jeff, my wife voted an hour and 40 minutes ahead of me around 8 o'clock in Sussex. She was uh, 1035. I was 1189. Hmm, over two hours. Not kind of tough to figure out what that means. Um uh, Jeff, I voted a little while ago in Elm Grove. They were also feeding in absentee ballots between voters. Yeah, the more the more of that that happens, the better that is because you you get results sooner. Jeff, uh, this is Mike from West Dallas. I just passed West Dallas Central High School. Big line there, stretching down the sidewalk. Um, West Dallas, West Milwaukee Recreation Center, 68th and Arthur, also has a long line. Fairview School on the KK Parkway, no line at all outside. Again, I think it kind of, I think it kind of varies. Um, let's see. Uh, dot, dot, dot. I reside in a rural area and was pleasantly surprised by the number of voters waiting outside to cast their ballots. By most, by far, the most I have seen. In years. Um, yes. Jeff, I wish they would not start reporting until after all the states have closed. When the states in the east, the polls close, the west is still open for hours. Just wait until they are all closed. Um, Jeff, I'm in a very long line for a little township. Lots of young people and also older people just now registering to vote. I live in Dodge County. Biggest turnout I have ever seen. 
biggest poll, uh, left the polling place, and I'm going to go back again to see if it's a shorter line because I tried to do it on my way to work. Yeah, it, it's there's no question that that people are. You know, people are involved. And one of the interesting things, I was trying to make this point yesterday as well, is uh, obviously we, we talk a lot about the presidential election, you know, Biden versus Trump. But, you know, th- there's a lot of other stuff that is out there. Republicans in, are, are not going to lose control of the state assembly. They're not going to lose control of the state Senate. But there, there may be individual elected officials who, for example, if it's a if it's a Biden landslide, not predicting that, but if Wisconsin would be a Biden landslide and a lot of Republican voters stay home, that would bode well for some of the Democrats who are challenging some of the incumbent Republican assembly people or, or state senators. On the other hand, if it is an extremely competitive Race, and that is, it's close. And by close, I mean, you know, a couple points either way. One of the things that could end up happening is that would be a good sign for the down ballot Republicans. Bottom line of all this is, um, you know, I know there's some people who say, oh, my vote doesn't matter. I don't care. I, I'm just, I, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't matter. Well, it, it does. It, it really does. And one of the reasons why you have seen all the TV ads. You know, all the ads for the Biden campaign and all the ads for the Trump campaign. One of the reasons you've seen that in in Wisconsin is because both both campaigns know we're competitive. One of the reasons President Trump has been here four times in the last week, including last night in Kenosha, is because they believe, the Trump campaign believes, that Wisconsin is in play. Trust me, they wouldn't be here four times in a week if they didn't think they had a chance to win. The reason Joe Biden is spending so much money in Wisconsin is because Biden thinks he has a realistic chance to win. That means regardless of who you are supporting, you should get out and vote. All right, lots more election stuff coming up. It's an interesting program. I guarantee it. Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay, so Eric Bilstead, before we go back to election stuff, the pack, the trade deadline in the NFL, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yes. All right. Um, the Packers historically have not made trades, historically. All right, um, apparently there's a couple reports out there. They, they have a chance to go after the, this Will Fuller from, mm-hmm. from Houston, who yep. was pretty good you know, receiver. Pretty yeah. good receiver. Yep. All right, do you make the trade? For a second rounder, good. that's expensive, but, uh, I mean, your, okay. your offense is stacked. I, it was a yes or no question. <laughs> All right, fine, yeah, go ahead, do it. Pull no. the trigger. Yeah, I mean, second round. Go ahead. Absolutely, it's not even close. I mean, here, here's the thing: you you got Aaron Rodgers, who is at the tail end of his career, yeah, you're right. but, you're but right. he's obviously still able to play. What what are you saving people for? I mean, seriously, the future is now. There, there's nobody. I mean, you, you've got you know with uh, Dante Adams, you've got a, a world class receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nobody else that can get open. I mean, if you're serious about trying to win, what you do is, is you sign them, and you recognize that okay, I understand it might cause some problems down the line, but two or three years from now, you might very well be in a rebuilding stage anyways. I mean, the future is right now. Yes, it's time for the Packers to get off the pot and do something <laughs> for all of us Packer fans out there who have watched good teams, who have watched the Aaron Rodgers era get wasted by their inability to go out and get a couple other difference makers. So yes, you make that trade. Oh, and by the way, you start looking around because the defense is still, you know what, they need to have a, def- uh, you know, 
know, they need to find um, at least some difference maker in the line or the linebacker. And if they don't do it, it's going to be an epic fail. That's my thinking. Well said. Well All said. right. Okay. Now, before you go, I'm also we're getting okay. So that's it. We solved the Packers' problems. Get off the pot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let just go ahead, poop, make the deal, go do it. All right. Getting a lot of questions. Number of people are asking me, Jeff. When I went to vote, I did not see a straight party box on my ballot. Did they get rid of that option? Do you know the answer to that? I. You know what? I've always just voted for the candidate, so I didn't even look for it. Is that something that's usually on there? Well, it, it actually, that's a very observant texture because historically in Wisconsin, at the top of the ballot, there was a box you could check that you just voted straight party yeah, automatically. Yeah. They got rid of that in like 2011 or 2012. Hmm. But but yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I didn't realize that either. They 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 changed when when we went to voter ID. It was in that same bill that did voter ID and stuff after Scott yep. Walker got elected yep, yep. governor. And it's funny, I didn't really pay attention to that. And I actually thought the same thing when I went to vote. Hey, there's not a there's just not a straight party ticket there. But they got mm. they got rid of that. That's it. All right. I'm also getting a number of reports that. Um, down at the uh, down at the MLK Jr. Library, there are um, people that are handing out free food. You know, right right in front. Bucks players, including um, a couple of them, are at the library handing out free food right in front and posing for pictures. People are asking, is that legal? One hundred feet from a polling site is where you can be if you are quote unquote doing any electioneering, so to speak. Right. So we'd have to look and see how close that is. Right, and, and it gets a little technical because uh, under the law, nobody should be approaching voters who are waiting in line to vote, whether it's to talk to them, to offer them literature, or give them food or beverages. And you also can't give people anything of value in exchange for them voting or not voting. So, I mean, you, you can't be going up. It, it would be illegal to be walking up and down the line of people who are waiting to vote. Here, here's a slice of pizza. You couldn't do that. But you, you can give food near polling places as long as you're not in f- interfering with people who are trying to vote or offering food in exchange for their vote. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, it, it, it all depends. The devil's all in the details. But if you, you know, there, there's a polling place and you set up next door and you're giving out free donuts, as long as you're not doing it in exchange for people voting, that's fine. If you're giving the food to people in line, that's more problematic. Yeah, we can take a look. We've gotten a couple of reports of different um, yeah. situations taking place near polling sites, and we'll take a look at it. See yeah, what we can and again, it, and, it, and the answer is, it just it just kind of all depends. It's very, very, right. it's very, right. very technical. The, the idea is you, you can't bribe people to vote. Remember years ago, we had the whole smokes for votes thing? You were working here. Oh, yeah. Where you had this socialite from Manhattan flies in for people who don't remember that. And it was, I, I want to say, it's just off the top of my head, I want to say it was 2004, but it might I might have been 2000, I, but you know, like flies in and is, is like picking up homeless guys at the rescue mission and driving them down to the polls, which in and of itself wouldn't have been a problem, but they're also like giving up cigarettes and yep. stuff. And then give a gift like that. Right, you, yeah. right you, you, you cannot do that. So that's kind of the dynamic that is, that is out there. And again, it's, I, 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 but that does, so okay, we're going to pull the trade. If we're the Packers, we're getting Will Fuller. Okay. <laughs> All right, you got another, what, hour and 45 hour minutes? Hour and 45 minutes. Goody, get off, the, get off your butt. Make the deal. You've got Packer fans that believe that this team's got potential, but it's 
clearly, you know, Aaron Rodgers needs somebody else to throw the ball yeah, to. That's yeah. that's it. And might he, need a running back too on Thursday. Well, that's a whole different uh, conversation. Okay, all right. So, so as Eric was saying, we're we're getting all these reports. I'm getting all these texts from people who are saying, "Okay, I see this going on. I see that going on, et cetera, et cetera." Um, I I will. I want to just give you my overall feeling today. I think, and I don't know how the elections are going to turn out, but I, I think as a general rule, democracy is working. We're, we're not getting huge reports of, of chaos. We're not getting reports of enormous reports of voter intimidation. Um, I, I think the early process of, of the early voting, I think it, it's worked reasonably well. Now, there's going to be delays. There's going to be problems. There's always problems. You know, we're hearing, well, these ballots weren't signed or that or the other. There, there's always going to be issues. But I, I think in, in general, at least so far, one sixteen, you know, central time, it, it you you haven't heard the, these massive problems uh, nationwide, but you haven't heard them in Wisconsin, and I think that that's good. To me, that is an indication that democracy is working the way it should be, regardless of of who gets elected or who wins, who loses. Having said that, and I, I always say this, and I know some people don't believe me, but it's it's the God's honest truth. I have I have in my social circle, I have friends who are very very liberal and you know who you are and i have very i have friends who are very very conservative much more conservative than i am and you know who you are and we're friends we we get along we we go out we i i enjoy all your company and i actually sometimes when we do talk about politics i i find the the conversations to be stimulating i find the conversations to be interesting um, I know you don't always agree with me, and I don't always agree with you, but but that's fine. We're, we're friends. I appreciate that. I value your friendship. Having said that, among my social circle, my, my good friends, many of my casual friends, and among, among you, the, the fans, people who listen to the show on a regular basis, I, I, have, I have concluded something over the last, well, year in the run-up to this election and that is that regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, regardless of where you are in your life, people are just incredibly stressed out to the point that over the last couple of weeks, what, one of the most common things that I've been hearing from just everybody I come into contact with, or at least most people, is I just want this to be over. I can't imagine what the world is going to look like on Wednesday morning if Trump loses. I can't imagine what the world's going to look like Wednesday morning if Trump wins. And and it's just that this incredible amount of stress that that is out there, more so than I think I perhaps have ever seen, and more so than I, I kind of think is is healthy. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's put the stress meter up there. And on a scale of 1 to 10, 0 to 10, with 0 being, man, I'm all chill. I'm just going to hang out and watch the Hallmark Channel, to 10 being, I just can't stand this. I'm just, it's just the whole world is going to end or the whole world is going to be great. Okay, on a scale of 0 to 10 on the stress meter, where are you and why? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Hope that's not a, an indicator of stress. We have these calls lined up, and then everybody just drops off. They can't wait for 90 seconds. Hopefully, people aren't jumping off bridges. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, how this this election, and I, I know you can make this argument about a lot of elections, but as far as people on the stress level, and I'm talking about people I know from all different political persuasions, it, it's just, it's off the charts, and, and that's the feedback I get. So how stressed are you about this, and, and how glad are you going to be, without knowing the results now, but how glad are you going to be that one way or the other, it's at least the voting counting could go on for a while, but the voting is going to be, you know, over, you know, today. 855-616-1620. Where are you on the stress meter? Jeff, I'm at an eight on the stress scale. I don't care for Trump, but I am more frightened of Biden, of Biden and um, Harris. Jeff, as someone who is bipolar and deals with other mental health issues, I am always at a five. What keeps me going is the fact that other people are operating below a five. When everybody is stressed out like this, it makes it almost impossible not to have extreme rises in stress. Well, that's that, that that's it. And the bottom line is, look, I, I understand that that, you know, who's the president makes a difference. I understand that who the senators are makes a difference. I I get all that. But. On the other hand, you know, I, I'm really worried that some people are, the stress is taking years off their lives. Jess, uh, not at all. The Lord will put in who he feels fit to do the job. So um, all we have to do is pray for our country. Jeff, I'm probably lower stress, maybe a three. I've researched and made informed decisions. I voted. I've supported candidates within my community. No matter the outcome, we will be okay. Ultimately, I trust the political process and the checks and balances in place. That That is something that I, I always say to people who just think the world is going to end tomorrow. And look, and I think politics matter and policy matters, but I've been doing this for, for a long time. And I, I remember, okay, people thought the world was going to end when a movie actor, Ronald Reagan, got elected president. Well, well, no, it, it, it didn't. And people thought, oh, the world was going to end when Bill Clinton got elected president. No, it didn't. And people thought the world was going to end when George Bush got reelected in 2004, and it didn't. Or when Barack Obama got elected in 2008, and it didn't. And when Donald Trump got elected in 2016, and you can love Donald Trump or you can hate Donald Trump, but the world hasn't ended. Okay, where are you on the stress scale? Noah in Fond du Lac. Hi, Noah. Hi, thank you uh, for taking sure. the call. Um, right now, I would probably say that I am at about a 10 on the stress scale just because of the amount of political uh, divisiveness mm-hmm. that is going on in our country right now. Nobody's able to you know, take a middle ground or see the other side and i've personally seen people get in physical fist fights over politics just this past weekend and it's kind of scary to see um how riled up people are getting and you know the fact that just somebody's ideas can cause somebody to act so aggressively i wonder what that'll bring to us on a national scale well yeah and of course you know one of the things that i think noah that is increasing everybody's stress is is, is social media i did matter of fact i have several friends who just 
and it, it's they've taken my advice, and I'm just like, they get off social media because you know Facebook can be a great thing. Check up with your friends, check up with how the grandkids are doing. But some of the stuff that's out there, all it does is it makes people nuts, and, and it doesn't change anything. Oh, exactly. I totally agree that um, people just need to kind of live their own lives and not. You know, worry so much about everything that's going on around them. Well, right, especially I mean, thanks for call. Especially stuff that you you can't control. I mean, you can in your own corner of the world, you can you know support your candidates. You can get out. You can vote. You can give money. You can go make phone calls. You can go work for the candidates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can encourage friends and coworkers and whatever to go out and vote. You can argue why you know your choice is the best, but it's. It's this obsession that, that's out there that I just don't think is healthy. Jeff, I'm about a four because whoever is voted in won't change my day-to-day life. But it's sad that this is election is being determined on personality and not substance, things that have been accomplished, something not usually accomplished by politicians. Jeff, I'm a three. The sun will come up and the world will still turn tomorrow even if I don't like the result. Um, yeah. um, until concrete actions by whichever candidate will occur, I don't think one should fall off the cliff. Jeff, I'm a 10 plus, um, uh, because of political divisiveness. Um, Jeff, um, let's see, I'm, I'm probably a two. It's 68 degrees outside. I'm planning to play golf. I'm listening to your show. I'm probably about a two. Um, Jeff, I'm more stressed about COVID than I am about Trump winning. Um, well, I think you've got that. Um, Jeff, uh, let's see. Uh, again, I'm about a seven on the stress rating. I'm worried about the economy. If but uh, if Biden wins, my 401k was growing nicely. I mean, I, I can appreciate that. Um, Jeff, I'm a 10. I'm worried about what's going to happen if Nancy Pelosi is in charge of this country. All these are, are valid sort of factors. But I guess the bottom line of all this is, you know, you just what's going to be is going to be. And now we're kind of at the point where I think you want it just for your own mental health, if nothing else, you know, dial it, dial it back, follow up on coverage and things like that. You know, you know watch the election, but you're going to be disappointed because some people are going to win. You're going to be upset because some people are going to lose. And yes, that that's that's one of the things that comes with politics. But at the same time, recognize that the sun is going to come up tomorrow. And bottom line is just. Just don't make yourself sick with all this, regardless of of whether you're a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat or you're one of those rock-ribbed Republicans. Don't let it make you sick. That's the bottom line. Okay, when we come back, something happened in Kenosha last night that I want to talk to you about. Some people will get it. Others won't. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Here's another piece of uh, non-election news, which is not good. Um, the operate the owners of Brookfield Square, of course, you know, big, long-standing mall. Um, they have just filed for bankruptcy um, now. Of course, the the company that owns Brookfield Square, it, they they own other malls as well, so it's not just that. But they've just uh, they've gone into uh, bankruptcy. Journal Sentinel reporting that um, again, this is something not unique to the these mall operators. But you know, I mean, what happens a, a mall? rents out space in the mall to tenants 
and the tenants are individual businesses. And what's happening is that a lot of these, a lot of these malls across the country, and apparently in, in Brookfield Square as well, that what happens is, first of all, the pandemic forced lots of malls to close. Right. So that you, you couldn't remember, you, you couldn't go into them. We had months and months and months of the of the safer at home shutdown. So you couldn't go into the malls to begin with in Wisconsin. Um, so what happened is you, you had the, the tenants that were in the mall who they, they couldn't operate. So in many cases, they they weren't paying rent to the they weren't paying rent to the mall owners. A lot of those businesses ended up going under causing vacancies. So then you add that to the fact that, you know, more and more people have changed their shopping habits. They're they're not shopping retail. They're they're buying stuff online, etc. So you know what what's happened is, and then of course you you have some of the the anchor stores that were the the mainstays at, at these shopping malls that really attracted people in, and and they've gone out of business. I mean, the classic example around here would be Boston Store. I mean, Boston Store was was the anchor store at. At Brookfield Square, Boston Store, the anchor store at, at Mayfair, and you, you know you take away one of the big anchor stores, and again, it, it's first of all that's that's rent that isn't going to be coming into the mall owner. Secondly, the mall owner is going to, as a practical matter, have to find other people for that space, and and that's a big ask. So you don't have that, and then that hurts all the other stores in the mall because. You know, people would go to Boston store and then maybe they'd shop at other places. But if there's no Boston store, that's just an example. But in any event, um, Brookfield Square, the operators um, filing for bankruptcy. Now, that doesn't mean that Brookfield Square is going to close today or tomorrow. But it's just another indicator of how uh, just difficult and volatile the the whole situation is and how I I think the whole face of retail is going to be different and how I, I, I mean, I I hate to predict this, but I would not be surprised if by within the next five years, if you think of the big malls that we have in, in southeastern Wisconsin, I wouldn't be surprised if half of those n- no longer cease to exist, at least as you know, conventional shopping malls that we would discuss. All right. You know, th- this this may be an academic conversation after after the election results are, are known. But there's no question about one of the things that, that's going on in, in this campaign is you, you, have, you have a split. Uh, look, let me back up. This election, in my opinion, is about Donald Trump, the presidential election. It, it's about Donald Trump. It, you know, um, I, I don't know that there's a lot of people out there that are genuinely enthused about about Joe Biden. I mean, there, there's people that think that Biden might be good for the country. There's people that think that um, Biden would be, you know, a, a stable, non-chaos producer and would, would be an acceptable alternative. But I don't know that there's that many people who think, oh, my, thank God, I'm glad Joe Biden got a chance to run for president. I, I don't think that that's the, the case. What I think is motivating people on both sides of the aisle is that people feel strongly about President Trump. And I've seen this over the last four plus years. There are people that believe that President Trump can do no wrong. And there are people that believe that President Trump is the Antichrist. And it doesn't matter what he does. he's, He's just inherently evil. And so it's not... I think if you were to ask people honestly when they go out and, and vote, for example, people who vote for Joe Biden, 
my sense is it's less of, gee, I'm really enthusiastic about Biden as opposed to I, I hate Trump. It, it, that, that's what I think is, is driving people. And that's that's all well and good. The flip side of this, though, is that there are people who just absolutely love President Trump. And you know who you are. And I've, I've talked to you. And when I've said things that were somewhat critical about him over the last four years, you have expressed that. But but this this election, particularly the last couple weeks, you are seeing the people who genuinely love President Trump express that in in just in amazing ways. Last night, President Trump held his second last rally of his campaign in Kenosha. The place was packed. Now, I'm bad with crowd estimates, and I, I try not to do it because sometimes what happens is, you know, you, you're irritated. Oh, you, you said there were 5,000 people there, and there were only 1,000. You're trying to inflate it. Or you said there were 5,000 people, and there were really 10,000. Why are you trying to downplay it? There were thousands of people in Kenosha. And, you know, earlier, um, what, last Friday, President Trump had a rally in Green Bay. There were thousands of people that were there. And I'm not going to argue whether there was 2,000 or 5,000 or 10,000. There were thousands there. There were thousands of people that showed up on a cold night in Waukesha a week ago. There were people that showed up, you know, in Janesville. People are turning out by the thousands all across the country to see President Trump. Now, this is during a pandemic when we, you know, we're, we're being told it's you're better off to stay home. That, that, you know, like going out and, and being in large crowds, you, you take a risk. You know, people can argue about how big a risk it is if you're outside, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't even want to go down to that. You have thousands and thousands and thousands of people. More so, I think, in any, in any campaign I have seen with the exception of Barack Obama when Obama ran for office in 2008. The first time he, he turned out huge he turned out huge crowds, and, and I think it was people who were disaffected with, you know, eight years of President Bush, and it was also with the fact that he was the first, he was going to be the first black president. And there was genuine enthusiasm and huge crowds. I don't know that I have seen anything, with the exception, again, of, of Obama, maybe, maybe Clinton in 92, but uh, not to this extent. The, the the people that are turning out in droves and standing in cold airports, you know, by the thousands because they, they want to see President Trump. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have a why question. What, why, why is this? Why are thousands and thousands and thousands of people, you know, turning up at these rallies and standing there in the cold for a couple hours to hear President Trump, you know, talk for about 45 minutes. What what is it that I don't know at least instills that type of support in in his followers? And again, I I don't know whether that's 40 percent of the electorate or 45 or 50 percent plus one. But again, I I think you got to go back to Obama in 2008. And I'm not sure I can think of of another candidate in my lifetime. I mean, I was I was too young for for John F. Kennedy, but I'm not sure if I can think of another candidate in my lifetime that inspired that type of passion. Maybe maybe Reagan in '80, but but I and I'm not even sure of that. Okay, eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What what is going on, and what is it about Trump that motivates? 
thousands and thousands of people to stand out on a cold airport tarmac or in an airport hangar in the era of a pandemic. We discuss. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. You know, I was thinking back on, on past presidential campaigns. Ninety-two, um, Ross Perot, Bill Clinton, first George Bush. But by, by the end of that campaign, Pre- President Bush just just seemed tired. It was like like it was ready for it to be over. Ninety-six, Bob Dole, same same sort of thing. Um, it was just kind of like okay, he was tired of it. He was kind of ready for it to be over. John McCain, to an extent, in two thousand eight, tired of it, ready to be over. I will tell you. I mean, w- whatever happens tonight. Tomorrow, next couple days, I mean, President Trump has just been a whirlwind of activity. I mean, it's been, I mean, five or six rallies a day. He is not going gently into the good night. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people are turning up to see him. What What is it that's driving this? Andy in Milwaukee. Andy, you're on WTMJ. Uh, me? Yeah. Hi, Andy. Hello? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear it click over. Uh, I think it's just a cult of... Uh of a strong, uh, bombastic personality, quite frankly. I think like a guy like, uh, you know, a, a Paul Ryan, who was much more thoughtful and probably had a much better handle on, on issues, at least from my perspective, um, more than Trump. But but Trump is just a, a wild man, and I think people are drawn to the energy. <laughs> he just does whatever, and... Right. And uh, people are magnetized to it, so cult the personality. Yeah, what a, thanks. Well, I mean, you, you could be. I mean, a couple of people are saying, oh, it's just a cult. And, and I understand that's intended to be dismissive. And I, I, I don't know that I think it's a cult. I mean, you say cult of personality. That, that, that could be. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's, there, there's no question about it. He is, for better or worse, unlike any politics. I mean, it'd be, it would have been kind of like if Jesse the Body Ventura who had like the one term as the governor of Minnesota, if Jesse the Body Ventura had been elected president, it's just kind of like you, you, you just, you just never know. Here's a guy who just says whatever comes to mind. It, it makes it entertaining. Is it the best for governance? Well, I mean, people will decide that. Um, Jim in Cudahy. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Hey, so I just feel that with when he came out and everything, he had been straightforward and honest with how he has been. We, we know him from his TV show and from his personality on, you know, The Apprentice and stuff. We knew what we were getting, and he didn't lie about that. Unlike some of the politicians, like you were saying, how they act one way when they want our vote, but when it comes time to delegate and be on the floor, they are completely different and wish-washy with how they vote for us and the public. Right, and there's no question. You you know where Trump stands. You love him or hate him. You 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 know where he stands on things, and and it's true. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people tuned into that first debate, where I don't think the president did a very good job. It's like it's it's just yeah. almost like you wonder what what is he going to do or what is he going to say. This is a guy who is not bound by convention at all, even when he probably should be. But it's it just you kind of watch it and go, oh my god, I, I'm just watching this. I can't believe he's doing this. Yeah. Thanks exactly, for calling. No. Exactly. And and that's what. Okay. Thanks for calling, Jim. Yeah. I mean, I, there there is that, but I and I and, and this is it. I, I understand that there's people who are very dismissive of those who are Trump supporters, and all I got to say is that there's a there's a lot of people out there, you know. And again, it it may very well be that President Trump loses. I I think you know if 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 you look at a lot of dynamics. 
uh, you could come to the conclusion that, okay, COVID-19 and the pandemic and the way he handled it probably has cost him the election. And if that's if that's how it goes, I think it will be because of COVID. I've said this repeatedly. I think if it wasn't for a pandemic, I think President Trump would have cruised to re-election. Different dynamic. The, the coronavirus is the, the top issue and whether or not it's reasonable to expect him to have done different things and whether whether, you know, if, if he had taken it, quote unquote, more seriously, whether that would have changed where we are now it is open to discussion. I mean, like I say, Europe, it, Europe is dealing with all the same things that, that we are. And I, I don't know what President Biden would do if he's elected. It's going to be dramatic, dramatically different unless we're going to shut down the whole country, which I don't think we're going to do. But but regardless, I mean, I, I understand that that's the kind of reality we're out there dealing with. But it doesn't change the fact that um there is there is this depth of support that you know you, you only see a couple times in in your lifetime o- obama certainly in 2008 would be one um jeff i went to the rally in janesville it was like a rock concert but without the spilled beer and pot smells it's just the common people wanting to have a brush with a celebrity. Oh, by the way, they were handing out free masks and people were marrying, wearing masks even though they weren't that close together. Jeff, I can't speak for others, but for me, between all the violence and fear of retribution at my home or work, I've been quiet. But at a rally, I'm a gener- uh, at a rally, I'm a generic stranger that my boss or neighbors don't know and I'm free to express my opinion. Um, that, you know, interestingly, I'm getting a number of texts that are making precisely that, that point. And they're saying, look, here, here's, here's the thing that right or wrong, the, the media, and I always say this, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people are out to get you. And, you know, there, there, there's no question that the, the media has been out to get President Trump since the beginning. They they loathe him. Remember the first year in office, the new. I watched this special. I think it was on Showtime. This four part four part story uh, that the New York Times did uh, about New York Times report. They loathe Donald Trump. They they just loathe him. And I, I think you know he then in turn feeds on that. And I understand he he plays into that, and then they loathe him more. But I, I do think that there's this thing, and a number of people are mentioning in a text that's essentially. Look, we, you know, we we support the president, but the problem is, you know, if if we say that to certain people, we're we're going to be ostracized. Or if we put a Trump bumper sticker on a car, the car is going to get keyed. So we don't feel like we can say that. But we go to these rallies, and we're surrounded by a bunch of people who um, agree with us, and it's kind of affirming. And I, I do think that there's probably an element of that there as well. Dale in Madison. Dale, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Hi, Dale. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I I think, well, what I think has happened is that uh, political correctness in this country really has helped to, uh, you know, build uh, Trump's popularity. And what I mean by that is uh, I I think there are so many people out there that because of political correctness have just decided to keep their mouth shut because if they speak their mind – and it's not politically correct, yeah. so then they get labeled one thing or another. Right. You're, you're a Trump, Trump supporter, so that means you hate women and you're racist and all these other things, and you just don't want to go down that route. Sure, I understand. Right. So I think there's a huge segment of the population that, uh, you know, with, with the um, with the growth of political correctness, have just decided, okay, I'm not even going to debate anybody anymore. 
because the minute that you start debating someone, then you get labeled as a racist or, you know, a Neanderthal or this, that, or the other thing. So they just shut their mouth. And so, you know, everybody else thinks that everyone now is thinking like they are because no one is, is, uh, is arguing anymore. But then Trump comes along and he starts saying things that they've been thinking um, and uh, they like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that there's actually someone out there, uh, you know, right. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a position of authority that's talking the way we think. Right. And we can show and, up at the uh, rally and we can express that. No, thanks for the call. I appreciate your perspective. Dion. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. But I'm kind of up against the clock here. I, I Look, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, n- none of us know exactly how the election is going to turn out. You see the polls that say one thing. As I've been saying before, my sense is that the Republican voters are coming home. In Wisconsin, at least, I, I think you see huge turnout. Is, is that going to swing Wisconsin for the president? Well, that that's a different question. Keep in mind. Up until 2016, Wisconsin had only gone for a Republican once since 1980, and that was in 1984. So, you know, can Trump duplicate that? That that that's a big ask. That that's that's a big ask. But there's no question that you know, among a large group of people, he remains very very popular. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So, Gru, I didn't ask you producing the show today and always didn't ask you this question. One hour until the trade deadline. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, kind of the sunset years, but having a great year. They've obviously got a couple real weaknesses, including the fact that other than Dante Adams, they, they don't have anybody that can catch the ball and get open. Um, all right, do you, do you go out, do you make a trade, pull the trigger, get uh, some big-time wide receiver in? I would love for them to get Will Fuller, but I don't see it happening. It, that, that seems to be the rumor, Will Fuller from the Texans. Right. No other wide receiver that we've heard of um, besides him. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see them giving up a second or a third-round pick for him for just half a season when they could have done it at the beginning of the season, right? If they wanted if they were in a win now mode, we would have seen it earlier this year. So you're thinking, but is it possible that they didn't realize that that they would have as much of a chance as they they have? I mean, so, so now you're sitting there you're 5 and 2, you clearly have a, a very good team, but it's it's flawed and and it's easy it's apparent to everybody where some of these flaws are. So Maybe you thought this year was going to be a wash. Okay, we're just we're going to try to get to the end of it. But now you're you're five and two. You've got a realistic chance to maybe go some places in the playoffs. Uh, do you reassess? Perhaps I I just don't really see it happening because because the mean, Packers don't do that. The Packers yeah. don't go out and and make big trades. Well, yeah, I mean Ron we, were, we, we were thinking Gutekunst would be different from uh, and he's not from from yeah and he's not, and he's not. Um, so I don't I don't really see it happening. I think it, if we would have gotten a wide receiver, it would have been through the draft. Um, obviously, they're trying to invest in the years going for after this year. Obviously, um, so yeah, I don't so see it happening. You would agree then with me and with these commentators on ESPN that the Packers are wasting the, the last couple years of the Rodgers era. I would by, love for by, them. To, I, they would be much a much better team with Will Fuller, but yeah. I don't know if they'd be a better team years going forward if they give up. Okay, but that, that's true. But of course, then the question is, what what's the team going to to look like a couple years from now? I mean, once once 
once Aaron Rodgers stops playing or stops playing at the high level he's at, maybe this guy they drafted, Jordan Love, is the second coming of Brett Favre or Johnny Unitas, but chances are there, there's going to be a, a step back for, for a couple years. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, if they don't invest into the offense by becoming buyers now, then they have to do it in the offseason. Otherwise... If, what is it going to look like with Aaron Rodgers? Very disgruntled. It's not going to look good. Well, lo- I tell you, it's been a long time since that last Super Bowl. I mean, so I guess I just think this is a no-brainer. You have a chance to win this year. Who knows what two years are going to look like? Who year knows what three years are going to look like? I mean, pe- people thought people thought San Francisco was going to be a dynasty. You know, then they're they're struggling this year. It's just when you have an opportunity to win, you you do it. It seems to me, especially when you've got. You know, the one thing that's toughest to find in the NFL, which is a a genuine Hall of Fame quarterback who's only got a limited amount of time. And when's the last time that we made like a superstar trade for the Green Bay Packers? I don't think it's happened in the last decade, at least. So, no, I mean, it would it would light a fire underneath the pants of the Packers. But I I I hope that it happens. We would be a better team. But I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Well. Right, it should. I, I agree with you. If, if I, I mean, I, I said, you know, they always say pooper get off the pot. I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd be pooping on this one. There's just no question about it. That, and, and if they don't, um, and it's as well, we're going to just play with what we have. What you pretty much guarantee is that you're, you're, you're going to do okay. You'll probably make the playoffs, and you'll probably not get back to the Super Bowl another year wasted. Pull the trigger. Get that player. And by the way, try to find somebody on defense who can help as well. The future is now. All right. That's what I'd be doing if I was the general manager. All right. I want to do something I rarely do, but but today is today is special. Today is different. You know, we've got the election going on. Normally, the way the program works is I, I come up with the particular topic, and then I, I give you my opinion, and you call in, and you react, or you text in, and, and you react, and, and we have a discussion. This is, of course, Election Day. There's all sorts of stuff going on. You, you've got the presidential election, as we talk about a lot. You've got lots of local races. You've got stuff going on at the polls. I'm, I, I, just, I have an open-ended question. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Anything, what are you wondering about? Is there anything about this election that you would like to discuss I saw something going on at the polls. How is that going to happen? How soon are the votes going to be tabulated? What do you think about this particular state Senate race? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, why Why is it that there's so many Trump yard signs out there, and yet the, po- the polls show that, you know, he, he's behind? What about some of these polls? Why is it that some of the polls are so far off? Do you think that they're going to be as off this year? Anything you'd like to talk about, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll do this for one segment. It is Election Day. What is on your mind, Election Day 2020? 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back in just a minute. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It's Election Day. What would you like to discuss? 855-616-1620. Jeff, uh, can the Republicans take the House of Representatives back? No, that is just not going to happen. Nancy Pelosi will be the Speaker of the House for at least two more years. Can the Republicans keep the U.S. Senate? Now, that 
that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch tonight. And, and that's going to depend in large part about how President Trump performs. If, if President Trump just gets absolutely slaughtered, um, th- there will be kind of a, a tsunami. Um, a, there's a couple of Republicans that are big trouble. Susan Collins in Maine is in trouble. Um, McSherry in, Ale- in, um, in Arizona is in trouble. Uh, we, I, it's also possible that we're not going to know for sure because, you know, in Georgia, Georgia has what they call, they, they call them, I think the term is like jungle elections, where you need 50% plus one of the vote or else you go into a runoff. I'm not sure that in the Georgia Senate races, either any candidate is going to get that 50% plus one. So it might be that we, we don't even know until we have runoffs next month. Um, I, I'd say... I'd say, in my mind, it's 50-50. I know some pundits say it's 80-20 that the Democrats control the Senate. I think it's about 50-50. It depends on Republican voters coming home, like I think they're going to do, and voting for Trump at the end of the day, regardless of what Trump wins. Okay, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Ray in Sheboygan. Ray, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. I would like to know, why is it going to take until 3 or, or 6 o'clock in the morning to count the votes. I mean, it takes like 10 seconds to shove one of those things into the machine. I voted. It took like 10 seconds. I shoved it in. It took like 10 seconds. Ding, dong. You, you have one person opening the ballots, one person shoving them in, and you're I mean, okay, well, I mean, thanks. I, 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 I get it, Ray. I, I mean, I'll, I'll explain. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will explain why. And it's it's because there there's 1.9 million of, of those early absentee votes that, that are out there. Now, in some districts, some parts of, in the state, they they they're already shoving them in they're, They don't wait until the polls close. And, you know, there's one or two people that are ju- they're assigned and they're, ju- they're just feeding them in. And those results will come in. In some areas, like Milwaukee is going to be one of them. First of all, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of votes, and they, they might not get a chance to start putting those through the machine. That's what happened in the Walker election, um, in the Walker-Evers election two years ago. They really didn't start the process of counting them because they were so busy with all these other things at the polls. So the answer is I, I, I don't know. But you will, you should have a pretty good indication of, of of where things are simply by virtue of the fact, and I was saying this earlier, you, you, you know where the votes are. That you know, you know where they're outstanding votes. Like, for example, if you, if you know that at, at 11 o'clock at night, there's 200,000 outstanding votes from the city of Milwaukee, just for the sake of argument, you know that those votes are going to break Oh, probably three to one, maybe more in favor of, in this case, Joe Biden. So you can kind of factor that that in um, and decide. That's why I, I think it's important for President Trump in a lot of areas of the state to have to have a big lead going in. But it, it's it's just a practical matter. It's one of the reasons why I hope the governor and the legislature can get together before the next election and agree that we should change the law to allow clerks to start the process of 
of of opening those envelopes and feeding the ballots in as they come in instead of having to wait till election day. Now I agree, you're going to have to put together some safeguards and things like that, and that, that's fine. You, you you should be able to do that. Um, I think there's like 20 some states that that already allow you to start counting in advance of election day. So precisely to your point, Ray, we we don't have to you know go through this kabuki dance on on election day when they have to wait till the polls are closed because they're otherwise too busy. All right. The best answer I can give, I think they should change the law. Let's talk to Pat in Sheboygan Falls. Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi. Uh, my question is, if it's a federal election, why do we not have uniform voting rules across the United States? We're just talking about some areas are able to count ballots at this day, some places not until this day. Right. Some they can count them up to a week afterwards. Right. Well, well, that's a thanks. You can see that's a very, very good question. And it's because under federal law, even though they're they're federal offices, um, they are controlled under federal law by the the voting rules in each individual state, which is why, you know, to your point, you're you're exactly right. In, In Pennsylvania or in North Carolina, they're going to allow ballots to come in and be counted after they are postmarked. In Wisconsin, the ballot has to be here. That that would you would seem to say, okay, there should be some consistency there. But the states, um, again, because we are. We are the United States. We are 50 states put together. Um, it, it's not one overarching federal law that covers everything. It's state. Each state gets to have their own rules on elections and decide who their elected representatives are going to be. I, I understand that you could make an argument saying it should all be trickled down from the, the federal government, but the, the truth is, it's not. Okay, let's see. Uh, 855-616-1620. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeff, um, it was reported yesterday that 1.9 million early ballots came in. How can there be so many long lines at the polls if presumably 63% of the votes were already in? Well, um, that's because we have we have about 3.8 million possible voters in Wisconsin. And by the way, I don't think that there's long lines at, at all the polls. As we were talking about in the first hour of the show, it seems to me that it's in some areas, it, there's very, very long lines. And in other areas, like somebody called in and said, hey, municipal building in the city of Milwaukee, very few. I, I think that that's one of the things that you have to watch tonight if you're watching election results for Wisconsin, because the conventional wisdom is that Democrat voters tend to vote early, tend to vote by mail, whereas Republican voters tend to vote in person. And that's, again, I understand there's people who don't believe the polls, but that's what, you look at the last Marquette University Law School poll, that's what people were, were saying. Hey, I'm a Republican voter, I'm a Trump voter, I'm showing up in person, I'm a Biden voter, I, I've already voted, those sorts of things. So, um, but but still, okay, there will be, my prediction is that we get trying to think here my guess is we exceed 3.2 million votes which would be an an all-time high my prediction is also that we we exceed the largest percentage of votes that was in percentage-wise not total number of votes but percentage-wise the largest number of votes was in the 2004 election about 73 percent of eligible voters voted my my prediction is we exceed that. Now, I don't know how much we're going to exceed it, but it explains why there's some of the lines that are, um, you know, out there that's uh, taking care of things. Um, let's see, people still telling me how long they wanted to um, 
vote. Uh, how long that they waited to vote. Um, Jeff, if President Bi- if Biden is elected president and something were to happen to him between now and January, does Vice President-elect Harris automatically get in? You know, my, my initial answer is yes, but I'm, I, I'm, after the electoral college meets, um, yes. It's a more complicated question if it were to be before the electoral college. If somebody wants to correct me on that, um, you know, that's fine. Jeff, if somebody mails their ballot in and it gets fed in, um, at midnight, but it comes out that they voted today during voting hours. Will they throw the absentee ballot? Will it get flagged and thrown out? So if you have somebody that commits fraud, somebody that submits their ballot, it comes in, um, it's received by 8 o'clock, but it hasn't been tallied, and then they show up and try to vote what happens. Yeah, we're going to... Yes, they would cancel. They would cancel the absentee vote. That's what has to do. If you've if you've requested the absentee ballot, you've got to jump through the hoops. Boy, I hope hope that does not happen. That's kind of a law school exam. Um, that's kind of a law school exam question. I wouldn't worry about that. Jeff, I requested an absentee ballot in Waukesha, received it, but then was nervous about having it delivered by the Postal Service. I just hand-delivered it in the absentee ballot counters in downtown Waukesha. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And, and by the way, I mean, that's the thing to do. If you're still sitting with an absentee ballot that hasn't been returned, what you have to do is you have to, you got to go drop it off. You, you know, you, you have to drop it off at, at one of the authorized places, you know, take it down to City Hall, take it down to the voting place. Um, if you put it in the mail today, it's not going to be counted because having it postmarked doesn't count.